What if bridges could talk to you? What would they say? Is it possible to 3D print a heart? These are the types of questions that Carnegie Mellon engineering researchers are answering, testing, and applying to the real world. This podcast series will bring them all together. When we talk about climate change, we're often quick to bring up carbon dioxide. And to be fair, CO2 emissions are a huge problem. But now that nearly a third of U.S. electricity comes from natural gas, researchers are focusing their attention on another of climate change's biggest contributors, the main ingredient in natural gas, methane. I am Yasmin Mantari, and I'm a PhD student in the Advanced Infrastructure Systems Program. My name is Asia Ellis. I am a research associate with the Center of Atmospheric Particle Studies. Today, I'm talking to Yasmin Mantari and Asia Ellis, both researchers in Carnegie Mellon's College of Engineering. Together with their advisors in the Smart Infrastructure Institute and the Center for Atmospheric Particle Studies, Asia and Yasmin are trying to find leaks in the natural gas pipelines that run under the streets of Pittsburgh and possibly predict where they might be in the future. So we have this collaboration with People's Gas to develop some sort of understanding and model of their infrastructure here in Pittsburgh and how their infrastructure relates to leak rates of natural gas. So what is it that causes these pipelines to leak? Some of these pipelines are more than 100 years old. Many of them are like bare steel. So they can be having cracks, they could be leaking, and also because they're buried under the streets, they're, they're under the load of the vehicles that are passing around, which are substantially different than the time that these pipelines were designed. In addition to like millions of dollars of uh, money on the gas that is lost on these leaks, they can also be associated with like safety issues. Like if you have like a big leak in somewhere, they can like lead to explosions. So it's really important to be able to like capture these leaks and like fix them as soon as possible. So I guess the issue um, that we're looking at and one that has just sort of now become nationally important is how much methane are we losing through our infrastructure. Uh, so what we're kind of looking at is Pittsburgh being an old city, having a pretty aged infrastructure, what kind of methane emissions are we getting uh, from the distribution network? How exactly are you doing these measurements? I hear there's a van involved. So the methane van, we also call her Big Bertha because <laughs> she's like an unwieldy large white van with one window and a very large scaffolding on the front of it which supports a weather station and a sampling line. So we have five or six uh, one kilometer squared blocks that we're aiming for and we'll essentially be just driving loops around and around and around the streets back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And that's when we'll hopefully get our, the bulk of our data set to see what kind of leak frequency we're getting. And then comparing that to the infrastructure, which we know because we're working in collaboration with People's Gas and they've shared all of this with us. What we're looking to do is to come up with a bigger picture of, and a bigger predictive model of 
the infrastructure and how that might correlate to leak frequency and leak magnitude um, so that we can apply that to the greater Pittsburgh area because we can't drive every single street. To find out how they're tracking these methane leaks, I convinced them to let me take a ride in the van. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good. The van itself looks no different from any other white panel van, except for the huge metal pole sticking straight up from the roof like a unicorn. This pole acts as a weather vane, measuring wind speed and direction. Um, so all of these instruments run off the engine of the vehicle. So we have four batteries that are currently being powered and charged and recharged by the van. And then we have some instruments here, so I'm going to make you climb in. Mm. Oh, it gets much warmer in here. It <laughs> is very hot in here. All of these running at the same time makes a lot of heat. We climb into the back of the van, stepping over wires and tubes until we're crouched beside a pair of huge black boxes. Asia tells me that these are the Picaro and the Tildes, and they're the high-tech equipment that makes this research possible. Each is attached to a tube that runs out to a funnel on the grill of the van. This draws the air from the outside and runs it through the equipment. So the Picaro is giving us our methane. Okay. And the Tildes is giving us our ethane. So one of the things that we want to be able to do is make sure that the methane that we're measuring is actually coming from natural gas, not from a million other sources that you can have for methane. Okay. So that's why we measure ethane at the same time, um, because ethane is also a major component of natural gas, but would not be emitted at the same time as methane from combustion, for example. After that, it's time for me to jump into the passenger seat, which honestly feels more like a cockpit. She swings a computer screen in front of me, which is attached to a bracket on the center console. It's running a program showing three horizontal graphs, each with two lines scrolling across them. This is where we can watch the real-time readings coming from the instruments in the back. Okay, right. so I'm going to have you hop on in here. Great. Hold that on your lap. So look at the screen. Okay. And what you'll be looking for is very obviously shaped... Uh, Gaussian-shaped plumes. So it goes up and then it goes back down, which is what it looks like when you're driving through a plume of gas. Okay. Um, and so then if I see a spike in this red line that matches with a spike in this black line? Black line and black line. Black line so and black, black line. So black line, CH4, black line, C2H6. And if those spike at the same time, then we're likely looking at a leak. A leak, exactly, yeah. Asia puts the van in drive and we get on the road. Every few minutes, she has to look up to make sure the weather vane on top isn't getting stuck as we pass under tree branches. I ask Asia why it's important to try to reduce methane leaks. Well, last week, I was in the Hill District, where we're going now, um, and saw probably every few blocks some sort of methane emissions. Wow. Now, it's not... You have to remember that we're not seeing the concentrations that are explosive. So it's not dangerous. Um, if we did see an explosive level concentration, we would contact people's gas, and they would deal with it immediately. But is it, I assume it's also not in concentrations high enough to be a public health hazard? Well, methane is not a public health hazard. So methane itself does not cause lung issues or anything like that. But the main problem is the 
emissions of methane to the atmosphere and the effect that has on climate change. Okay. We enter the hill district and wind through the streets, looking for the leak that Asia had found earlier. When we finally get there, the spot doesn't look any different from anywhere else we've passed, but the real difference is on the screen. Oh. That was a, a spike in, what is that, C2H6. Oh, and we got it in the other one, too. Yeah. So That's... one is slightly ahead of the other one. Okay. So the spike in C2H6 went up to 70? Yep. And then methane, 4. Yep, that sounds about right. Good size leak. We drive around the block again to be safe, and sure enough, we find the same spikes in exactly the same place. Using this method, Asia and Yasmin, along with the rest of the team, plan to systematically map all the leaks they can find. From there, they'll be able to build a model of what makes leaks more likely to happen. So yeah, we do have infrastructure data, and we're currently trying to connect the two, essentially. Make a map of what kind of leaks we see in what kind of areas, and if we do enough, if we have enough miles of that data, maybe we can come up with some sort of model explaining what infrastructure types and ages and locations and who knows, maybe soil types and things like that. What, what are all the contributing factors to the leakage of methane from the natural gas infrastructure? From there, the city will be able to make pipeline repairs cheaper and more efficient by capturing the massive amounts of unaccounted for natural gas that gets lost before it ever reaches the customer. All of this while preventing dangerous climate-affecting emissions. And really, that's a win-win for everyone. This podcast has been brought to you by Carnegie Mellon's College of Engineering. I'm Adam Dove.